Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, just loving this, Lord. I thank you for uh, just the seasons changing and uh, being able to be outside and uh, just seeing things come back to life. And uh, it just reminds us of the new life that you give us, Lord. And uh, I do pray that uh, as we get busy, uh, it's just that time of year at HBF and it seems like there's a thousand things going on that we don't get so busy that we forget the reason that we do these things. So I do pray that you get the uh, glory from... Uh, just everything that we do, uh, whether we uh, mow grass or uh, clean up the property or uh, decorate the hallways or, you know, uh, preach the word that you're getting the glory for all of it. So, Lord, I do pray you just bless your word this morning uh, as we get back into Romans 12 and, and just some of these principles for our lives and that you would just uh, get the uh, the glory for that. I pray that you just convict our hearts as we uh, continue to walk through this. Lord, we do um, uh, pray for the baby dedication today that you'd uh, just really, uh, as a church body, uh, allow us to uh, just come around these families and um, just uh, help them out and uh, just hold them accountable for uh, just dedicating their, their children to the Lord. And uh, Lord, we do pray for Lauren. Uh, she's got surgery on Thursday. I pray that you'd just be with the doctors and nurses and the staff and that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the things would be uh, done uh, according to your will. And Lord, that you would just heal her quickly and that things would go better than expected. Uh, and just pray for, there's just so many things to pray for. I continue to pray for Amboyette, Lord, and uh, the family as uh, she's learning life without uh, her husband, Lord. So I do pray for, for her in this time. And so I do pray you just bless your word today uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 12. So we didn't make it very far last week. Um, I thought we made it farther than we did. We made it like two verses, so... Um, I was kind of scatterbrained last week, so um, forgive me on that. But uh, so Romans chapter twelve, Romans twelve uh, one and two. Obviously, you know it's like Paul's charge to get in the game, right? Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, right? This is this like that's that's the least you can do is just give him everything, right? And then he goes on to say, "Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." Right? So go back and listen to that, or watch that, or whatever, because that right there is like that's our battle cry. Like that is my uh, life uh, story. Like uh, that is what I try to do. Everything that we do for is for that purpose. And so Paul like implores you to just give everything you can to Christ, right? And so then he switches gears and he's like, okay, so I know you're like, so you want me to do everything? How do I do that? I'm not that good at anything, right? And so then he's like, okay, so the Lord will impart unto you supernatural ability to do certain things, right? And we went through the spiritual gifts and, you know, all all those different things. And, you know, remember, don't just be like wishing that you could... Um, have all the gifts because to whom much is given, much is required. And the more uh, spiritual gift you're given, the more that you're like expected to live it out. And so he does all those things, and then he switches gears. Uh, and then for the rest of the chapter, basically starting in uh, so Romans 12, uh, starting in verse nine, all the way to the end of the chapter, he's like, okay, so now I've given you the charge, right, to get out there and give everything you got for the Lord. And then I've given you the how you're going to do it because I already knew you were going to say, well, I can't do that. right? So I've given you the charge. I've given you the how to do it. And he's like, so now here's just a, a list of a few things right, on how to walk it out. 
right? And so that's kind of what we're walking through now uh, as we get into this. So let's just, I'm going to read through this one more time, and then we'll get rocking and rolling. So Romans 12, uh, picking up in verse 9, he says, Let love be without dissimulation. That's what we talked about last week. Abhor that which is evil, cleave unto that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Remember, we talked about last week, that's kind of like, you know, how do I love my brother that I don't really love that much? Well, love him as if he was Jesus. Like, that's kind of where we wrapped up and ended last week. Like, the guy that backs into you in the parking lot, just pretend like it was Jesus that did it. How mad are you really? Right? The, the guy who uh, offended you, the guy who stepped on your toes, the guy who, you know, whatever. Apparently, I do that a lot, you know, if you ask Boaz. But uh, I step on your toes a lot, but physically and not so physically. But anyway, uh, anyway, so, you know, how, how do you rectify, like, I don't really love this person, but I know I'm supposed to love this person. Well, just, it's Jesus. Do it that way, okay? So that's kind of where we ended last week. So, uh, verse 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. He's just like listing these things off, man. You could spend your lifetime Christianity trying to figure all this out. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, uh, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, right? So he's giving you all these different things, and he's just like, so let me just kind of boil it down for you. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. He's like, is it is it not just possible to like live in peace, right? You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, never mind, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, Dearly beloved, verse 19, avenge not yourselves, but rather give peace and uh, wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink, for in so uh, doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome uh, of evil, but overcome evil with good. So, he gives you this charge. He's like, hey, just live your entire life for Christ. And you're like, oh, okay, but how do I do that? Well, here's how you're going to do it. I'm going to give you spiritual gifts that allow you to be able to do it. And you're like, okay, so now what am I doing? Well, here's the list, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, there's a lot there. And so there's, there's just a lot to, to see. And so, you know, we, let's just pick up in uh, verse 11 because, you know, we, we talked about how uh, last week we're supposed to, you know, love our brothers uh, without simulation. So one more thing I want to kind of recap as before we get back into this is this is a list of things... Paul is like telling you how to deal with people inside the body of Christ. This isn't even like to lost people, right? He's got another list of how you should live according to uh, character with lost people uh, in, I think it's chapter uh, 13 or 14, and we'll get to there. This is just inside the body of Christ, right? This is kind of a list of how you should deal uh, with people inside the body of Christ, okay? So these are these, these things. So he says in verse 11, not slothful in business. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? Somebody. Lazy. Lazy? Slow. Slow? Right? Like, I, I agree with you. Right? When you, when you read that, like, what, what does that mean when it says, not slothful in business? Pay them on time. Pay them on time. Right? I mean, that's... <laughs> pay the man. Pay <laughs> him. Right? Any of those things. It is just simply having a work ethic. It is just simply, um, you know, and, and we're talking about the Lord's work right now, right? 
be on fire for what you're doing, right? Not slow, not dragging your feet. We're talking about the ministry. We're talking about these different things. You know, obviously, yes, in your work, it needs to be that way too, right? You should have a good character in your job place, right? You should have a good testimony in your job place. But we're talking about not slothful in business. We're talking about the Lord's business. You know, show up on time, right? Why are you looking at me? I think that stings all of us a little why, bit. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> That's why we start late. <laughs> Trying to help you all out and myself. Don't. That's a really low standard. Yeah. Don't be late with your eagerness. Get excited about doing the right thing, right? Get excited about doing something for the Lord. You know, too often we're like, yeah, I got to go to the ministry today. I got to go do this today. Man, get excited about it. Don't be lazy about the Lord's work. You know, it's not a place for, you know, second best, right? So how are you going to prevent that from happening? Well, he says, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You know, there's a reason that those things tie together. He says, uh, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Right? You, you need to be on fire for what God is doing right? around here. You should be like, man, there's a lot happening at HBF. You know, there's a lot of churches that nothing's happening. There's a lot happening, so be on fire about it. You ought to be... On the attack all the time, right? You shouldn't ever be like on defense, like, oh, okay, well, I'll, when, when this comes along, I'll do something, right? You should be like, what's the next thing? What are we doing all the time? Go, 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 right? Sometimes around here, it's like we're so much go, go, go that it's like, oh my gosh, I can't even keep my head on straight. But, you know, it, that's just the way it is. You should always be moving forward, right? Well, well, something just happened. Well, guess what? Move forward anyway. You just keep keep pushing. That's what we're talking about, being fervent in spirit. Colossians 3.24 says, Knowing that uh, of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Right? That's why we do what we do. Like, we are striving for an eternal inheritance, and we've only got a short amount of time to get any of that done. So, you man, you just need to be on fire about what you're doing. Like, get out there and get it going. Right? We're serving the Lord. Be excited about what you're doing, right? I, I use this analogy. These are my, uh, my, my HBI notes. So I use this analogy. Like, you need to be as excited, and so this might still work, but uh, you need to be as excited about serving the Lord. Pam's like bobbing back and forth. <laughs> I feel like I'm like doing the bob and weave back there. It's just funny. <laughs> no. Uh, come on in, bro. Uh, be as excited about serving the Lord uh, as you are about going to have tacos after quarantine, right? Like that—that that is how. Like you remember when we were all locked up, you couldn't do nothing. I'm like, man, I just can't wait to go to a Mexican restaurant. Like now we're like, okay, we can go back and it's all good. But man, I remember like that's how excited we should be about serving the Lord. Man, yes, I get to go take care of the kids today. And you're like, that's not really that exciting. No, it really is. You need to be fired up about it, right? Your boss comes to you and he's like, hey, you need to like shape up or ship out. And so what are you going to do? Well, you're going to shape up at least for a minute, right? Because that's what we do, right? You know, that bear under the saddle, it makes you run a little harder. You know, it doesn't make you hold. It makes you like get going. It makes you get after it. So don't be dispassionate when it comes to the family of God, right? You come in here dragging and whining. And this is just like, this is me sometimes, right? We come in here, we're like dragging. Like, man, I'm tired. You know, I... The, there's people who come in on Sunday morning and they've already got it in their head that it's like, you know what, I, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to slide in under the radar today. Like, I'm only giving my second best because I'm wore out, right? And I'm sure I'm the only one who's ever done this, right? Like, I just, you, you've already got it made up in your mind that it's like, I'm just going to, I just got to get through today. That is not the way to serve the Lord. 
Like, what is the point? Well, why do it at all if you're just like halfway doing it? And so I, I know you all are like, yeah, I know, this is what we do. But I'm just telling you, there's there's times that this happens that we're just like, man, I just gotta like. It, so here's a really good example. Like the the young the young boys over here, boys, the young men over here, they get up on stage and they got to play their their instruments and they at least got to act like they're fired up, right? You know, they can't come in here and be like, yeah, I'm whatever, you know, like. Because that doesn't fire anybody up. So why do we go into the other ministries and just like, yeah, I just got to get through today? Like, there's no point in it. That's what he's talking about. Be fervent in spirit. Be fired up about what we're doing. Right? So the question is, because I know what you're wondering, like, okay, I need to be fired up. But how's that work sometimes? Right? Sometimes it's easy. It's just like, man, I'm just that kind of person. I'm just like fiery kind of person. Sometimes it's just like, man, I'm just not that excited about what's going on, right? Yeah, Meredith's a fiery person. Just ask her, she'll tell you, right? Right? <laughs> I remember when she told us that, and I'm like, you are? Right? I'm kidding. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. No. It only takes her three years to reveal. <laughs> so, slow burn. Slow burn. So, how, how do you make it happen, though? Because you're like, okay, I understand. I need to be fired up about the ministry. I need to be fired up about the Lord's work. And a lot of times I am, but sometimes it's just like, you're like okay, I've kind of reached my my plateau of fire, right? And it's like, so what do I do now? Like, how does that work? You ever been there? Because I've been there. I've been there. Like, you, you get... You go and you go and you go and it's just like, I know I'm supposed to be going more. I'm supposed to be given more, right? He says uh, to, to present your body a living sacrifice. And it's like, okay, how do you do that? Well, here's a really practical way of doing that. The development of your walk in the Spirit is going to produce that fire. The more you learn from this book and apply to your life, the more that it encourages you to, okay, now I'm fine. I've got something new. Like So liken it to... Um, trying to think of the best way to say this so uh, i think of mitchell right because he's he's kind of a go 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 kind of guy right and so sometimes you kind of get like bogged down right well you give mitchell a new like pistol and he's all fired up about it. he's like i want to go shoot something right like, you, you got a new tool right like he carries a gun every day you know that's what he does for a living and so you know it's just like this is what i do you give him a new gun now he's all excited it's like man i hope something happens right i get to go use this thing Okay, so this is, it's the same thing likened in the Word of God. You've got the same tools every day, and it's like, yeah, I got it, right? I got a tool belt. I don't carry a gun. I, I, I got a tool belt I wear, right? I got to get a new hammer every now and then because it's just like I got to have something to spice it up, right? It's just something to make it a little different, right? <laughs> I got to have something just to, like, to, to get... So the Word of God's the same thing. You got the tools, right? And it's like, okay, I'm just doing my thing, serving the Lord, doing my thing, serving the Lord. And sometimes... No, Never in here, right? I'm just talking about the other people, right? Because I'm not trying to offend y'all. We get kind of burnt out. And we're just like, man, what do I do? Get in the book and find a new tool, right? Get in the book and find a new gun. Something that's just like, man, i got to get out there and use this thing, right? And if you're like, I don't know how to do that, man, you're missing it because here's like 10 verses of like a whole bunch of new guns or hammers, right? Right here. Like, figure out how to do these things and you're going to get all fired up about going and doing it. Does that make sense? Like, it'd be like giving Brenton a new set of drumsticks. He's just like, yeah, I gotta go use these things, right? You know, I gotta figure out how to do this thing. I yeah. would say on your analogy, what was even more exciting was when I got new grips on my duty weapon. That was exciting. 
Well, there you go, man. Like, yeah. The Bible says something about new wine and old bottles, but I don't know. We'll just you know skip over that thing. But right. The point is, like, find a way to be fired up about what, you, what you're doing. You're like, well, I don't know how to do that. It's in this book, right? Go find something, right? Get in the book and, and, and figure it out. That's how you're going to, you know, you're going to develop your walk and that's going to produce a fire. I promise it will. That's just what happens. And if you're just like, man, I know I'm supposed to be, right? Guess what? Like, it happens to everybody. Everybody gets in these funks where it's just like, man, I don't really know and I know I need to be, but I don't really... Okay, there's a reason that we do things like we do. So we got the vision conference coming up. Man, if you don't come to the vision conference, that's on you. Like, that's that's your bad. Because, like, the vision conference is a time that we set aside, like, it's like four days in a row. And you're like, i got to come to church four days in a row? You ain't got to do nothing, right? If that's your mindset, don't come, right? No, you really should come because it'll change your heart. But anyway, like... You need to be here because it's a time where we get like if you don't if you come and you don't get fired up at the vision conference, man, I, I, something wrong with you, right? You need to check your pulse or something because like that you're gonna get you want fervency in 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 the word and the Lord. It happens by being around God's people, right, and being around God's book. And that's what we do around here. So if you're like, man, I don't know, and, and you'll find yourself in a funk, and it's just like, man, I don't even really. I wouldn't say it out loud, but I don't even really want to be around my Christian friends right now just because it's like, I don't know. And so, you know what you need? Like, a good slap in the back of the head, like Mike Blake told you, where nobody sees it, right? You get a good slap in the back of the head, right? And and get back in the book because you know where you need to be. And so, like, I know I'm not talking to nobody. I'm just, anyway, moving on. you got to be fervent, right? You can't get fire from the... Here's another way to put this. You don't get fire from the sidelines, right? You only get a second wind when you're running, right? Right. You don't get a second wind by just chilling, right? It doesn't work like that. You've got, you got to use up your first wind, right? The bench is boring compared to the field. Who wants to you know, be on a team and sit on a bench? You know, nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants that. That's why they got cheerleaders. You cannot be a sideline Christian... And want to know where the fire went because that's what happens. People are like, "Man, I, I just I want to be fired up for the Lord. I just I don't know. I'm just kind of burnt out." Well, you want to know why you're burnt out? It's because you're on the sideline. You ain't in the game, right? You're not in the game. You're not in what's going on. And you're like, "Well, I don't know where the fire went." Well, it's it's gone with you. So as soon as you decide to come back, the fire might come back too. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You know. Verse twelve: Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. So these things build on each one another, right? Rejoicing in hope. Hope of what? Well, your hope better be in Christ. I'm just going to throw that out there, right? If your hope isn't in Christ, if your hope isn't in you know the bigger things that come with Christ, then, well, you messed up. Then it says patient in tribulation. You're like, oh, I don't really like that part of it, right? Well, guess what? If you have been saved for any amount of time, you're going to realize that it's not all like rainbows and lollipops. Right? There are times that it's just like, man, I feel like I'm getting like run through the ringer here. Like one after another after another. You ever been there? Like after another after another. I'm like, man, that's tribulation. Right? Some of it is self-inflicted. Some of it is, you know, just trial. It's, it's God growing you. Right? It, that, that's what happens. you got to be patient in those things. Inst- continue instant in prayer. You use prayer to fix your perspective. 
and that'll give you endurance, right? You use prayer to fix your perspective, and that'll give you the endurance. Sometimes you're just like, man, I don't know. I just don't have it in me, right? There's just a lot going on, and like, we just like, every time I come in here, there's like more stuff going on. It's like, I don't know. You want to know how you endure, and you just, you pray. You pray. You use prayer to fix your perspective. Use prayer to fix your perspective. I don't know what I said after that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it, it's written here, but I said it different than how it's written. So, use prayer to fix your perspective, and that will give you endurance. Right. My notes say bestow, but that's not usually something I would say. So I, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is not. Yeah. No. Yeah, but you do. You you use prayer. Sometimes you're just like, man, this situation doesn't look that good, right? And it's just like whatever it is, and I'm just like my my perspective's all jacked up. So how do you fix your perspective? Well, sometimes you can't change the situation you're in. Sometimes you know Joseph's in the pit and he can't climb out. So what's he do? Well, I'm guessing he's in there praying, right? And you use prayer to fix your perspective, and that allows you, right, to get through whatever you're going through. If you can't rejoice in circumstances, then you know rejoice anyway. In Philippians, uh, Paul says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. You can rejoice in Christ when you can't rejoice in anything else. You ever been at a point in your life, like maybe you haven't, and praise the Lord if you haven't, but like I've been in places in my life where it's like there's not a lot to rejoice about right now. I mean, honestly, there's not. There's just like uh, Mitchell would call it embracing the suck. Like you could call it a lot of different things, but there are times in life when it's just like there's not a lot to rejoice about. Like, ask Doug, like, what the last couple months were like when it was super cold, right? And like every time he went out to check the cows, there was like three more dead because it was super cold and it's like there's not a lot to rejoice about right now and on top of that it's like negative 20 out here right there's nothing to guess what even in times like that when there's like if if it wasn't for bad news there won't be no news at all even in times like that you can rejoice in the lord like even in times like you're like yeah i know that that's the christian answer no i'm telling you even in times like that that's what gets you through those times the times when it's like there is nothing good happening right now well guess what right in, in your marriage, right? In your in your uh, relationships, whatever. Like, there's not a lot to rejoice about right now. Well, guess what? Rejoice in the Lord. Like, that's the whole point. I didn't say that you know you rejoice when you have a child that dies, or you know I'm, I'm going like all out right now, just trying to to show you. I'm not saying that you rejoice in that, but you can rejoice when you know you can rejoice in the Lord in times like that, right? Even when like big bad things seem to happen, you can still rejoice in the Lord because there's bigger purpose in all of that, right? You endure patiently, just like the verse says. Keep the lines of communication open all the time. Think back to Nehemiah, right? Think back to Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? Uh, it was right after uh, they. So they. Uh, the children of Israel had come out of uh, captivity, and you know Jerusalem had been sacked. It was in ruins, and Nehemiah is like a slave. It doesn't say that he's a slave, but he's a slave uh, to the king, right? And he's like uh, in Nehemiah verse uh, in chapter two, verse three to five. And he said unto the king, 
Let the king live forever. So here's how the story plays out. Nehemiah, he's like the king's cupbearer, meaning he, he brings the king his cup and he would have to like take a sip of it first to make sure nobody was trying to poison him, right? So that was all this guy did. He, he was the king's cupbearer. So he was around the king all the time, old Nebuchadnezzar, right? And so he comes in in the king's presence and he's all sad one day. Right, he'd gotten word that you know Jerusalem was a wreck, and you know the nation of Israel. You just tore your Bible, right? The the nation of Israel. Sorry, I got squirrel disease bad, so like syndrome disease, whatever. I'm like, see something, you got to look at it. But um, he he goes in the king's presence, and he's all sad, right? He's supposed to be there to cheer the king up, and so the king's like, "What's wrong with you, man? Like, what's going on?" And so. It could have got him killed because, you know, he's got one job and, you know, I'm sure he can find a hundred other people to do it. He says, And he said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my countenance, why, why should not my countenance be sad? That's not really the way to talk to the king. Just saying, When the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire, then the king said unto me, For what does thou make request? So the king's like, Obviously you're complaining for a reason. What do you want? Right? What do you want? And so here's the point here. He says, So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, When things are bad, and you don't know what else to do, when things are messed up in life, and you're just like, Man, this is, I don't, I don't know how to put it into words. I don't know how to do it. You know what it says? You pray, and you just bring it to the Lord. Right? Whatever it is. It, how did it work out for him? The king was like, Alright, what do you need? Right? So much so that he's like, yeah, you can go check in on it. And he's like, I tell you what, I'll even like finance the project for you. Right? He'd be like going to the bank and be like, hey, I really want to build a house. And they're like, hey, I think that's a good idea. You want us to pay for it? Like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Sounds great. Right? He's like, yeah, we'll just like, we'll give you all the stone and the timbers and everything for it. That's how this thing played out. Because why? Because he had a mind enough to pray and to ask. Right? That's just like one technique of prayer that you need to use like to be continually instant. Right? That's what it says, to be instant in prayer. That means that you don't have... If your prayer life is so far from the Lord where you're just like, all right, I know I need to pray, but this is going to take a minute. Right? Have you ever been there? Like, I know I need to pray about this, but this is going to take a minute. You know what that means? It means I'm, I, it's been so long since I prayed that I know I need to but to do it right, I'm going to have to like spend some time with the Lord and just be like, you know, I've been far from you, so this has been going on. And you know, like, next thing you know, you're 20 minutes into prayer before you ever get to like the reason you're praying, right? And that happens to me all the time. I'm just like, man, okay, I know I need to pray about this, but like this isn't just like a real quick because I know I'm I'm not where I need to be in prayer. And so it's like I know I'm not just going to come to God and be like, hey, by the way, you know, I've been out, you know, on vacay, but you know, hey, could you do this for me, right? It doesn't work like that, in case you're wondering. Right? It doesn't happen like that. When you're instant in prayer, it's like a continual conversation. Did you know, and I know this might shock you, did you know that like every prayer doesn't have to be, dear Lord, can you, you know, sometimes it's just a simple conversation. Right? I, I don't know about you, I talk to myself a lot. Like, when I'm working, like, numbers, I'm like telling myself how to do this. I got a guy that I work with, and he's like, are you talking to me? I'm like, no, I'm talking to myself. Leave me alone. Right? Like, just talk to the Lord, whatever it is. Like something will happen in life, and it's just like there's not time for like the big long prayer. But Lord, I need you right now, and you know exactly what's going on, right? That's what instant in prayer is. It's just like right there on the tip of your tongue. 
Nehemiah did not let the grief of his emotions get in the way of God working. Not I'm, I'm sorry. Notes are kind of weird. Uh, Nehemiah did not wallow in self-pity and take a day off, right? This is this this situation is just all messed up. I can't go to work today. I can't do this today. I can't serve in a ministry today. Do you understand what that person said to me? Right? It, you just it, you don't get it, right? No, he doesn't take a day off, right? He, he just he took what he was feeling and he prayed instantly. The king asked, so he prayed, right? And he answered the king, right? The word instant means like pressing, urgent. That's the so when you, when you're instant in prayer, it's it's urgent prayer, like right now. We're not going to put this thing off, right? Verse 13, he goes on to say, distributing to the necessity of the saints. What does that mean? Somebody tell me what that means. Like when you read that, you're like, uh, what? Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Missions. Huh? Missions. Missions? Yeah. That's one way. I was thinking of like benevolence, like helping the people that need help. Exactly. It's, it's all of those things, right? It is... It is supporting the body of Christ. Sometimes financially like you're talking about, other times just like through just being there. Proverbs 31. What's it say in Proverbs 31? What's this what's the story of Proverbs 31? Virtuous. The virtuous woman. Right? What? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. I mean, like guys, you should have just like you missed it. Proverbs 31 is the story of the virtuous woman, right? And you, there's like a ton of things in there, but in verse 20 it says, She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Meaning she's reaching out to people who need it. Like, And you don't have to be a virtuous woman, because some of you are like, well, I'm never going to be a virtuous woman. Well, that's because you don't want to be. But uh, And guys, it's because you don't, you're not supposed to be. But uh, anyway, uh, there's, there's other things you can be, not a virtuous woman. But you need to be looking for who you can minister to. Like, if your head is not on a swivel, like when you're walking through the halls here, like especially here, but in the world as well, but you need to be looking. Who can I minister to? Like who needs something? Usually people wear their heart on their sleeve. Some people are a little better at covering it up, but it's generally pretty easy to tell something's not quite right. So I'm just going to avoid the situation. No, like stop, right? That's me normally. I'm just like, I'm not that, you know, like no. If, if something's out of place, say something. Right? Just like, just like, no, guys, here's another tip. Just like if, like, a woman gets her hair cut, you need to say something about it. I'm like, hey, did you get your hair cut? Like, yeah, obviously I got my hair cut. But if you don't say something, it's really bad, right? So say something. Hey, does something, something changed, right? Same thing. If something looks off, like, you don't be like, hey, those jeans are a little tighter than they did last time, right? No, you just, not, not like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> Wrong. No, no. No, no. Your pastor didn't tell you nothing. <laughs> Back up, Jack. If something seems off, say something. Right? Like, the king noticed Nehemiah's countenance is sad. Right? Something's not quite right. Hey, something going on? Right? If you don't at least say something, then that's on you. Right? you got to be able to, you know, if you're going to distribute to the necessity of the saints, it's, it's part of what we do. It's a benevolence ministry like you guys were talking about. It's suffering because you're in response... No, I'm sorry. If you're suffering because you're an irresponsible 
saint, then forget it. Benevolence is not for you, right? So here's just a quick tidbit because some people take this and they're like, man, I'm struggling, right? We ain't, we ain't got no money to pay the bills and you know, it seems like everything in my house is a wreck and I just wish somebody would help out, right? Well, guess what? Sometimes uh, when you ain't got no money because you can't stop buying stuff on Amazon or you ain't got no money because you can't stop eating out all the time or you ain't got no money because, you know, you spend it on stupid stuff or like it's hard for me to be like hey man yeah can we help you out if you're not going to help yourself out no different than anything else in life right money's just an easy example right if you're struggling with uh your your parenting or if you're struggling with uh your finances you're struggling in your marriage or whatever else but you're, you're saying you need help but then out of the other side of your mouth you're like doing the exact opposite it's like it's really hard so it, it would be like somebody coming in for uh, marriage counseling, and they would be like, you know, things just aren't good. Um, she doesn't ever want to listen to me, right? All she is ever mad at me, and like all these different things, and and be like, okay, so you know, there's biblically things we can look at, right? And then you turn around and like, no, you're the one who's acting like a jack wagon. So it's really hard for me to be like, hey, let me let me try to help you out in the word when you're not doing anything on on your end of the deal. That's generally the way that works out, right? Generally, if one person comes in for counseling, especially marriage counseling, and they're like, man, this person, is, you just need a fixer, right? Well, generally, it, like the problem is not with the other person. Not not always, but you know, sometimes just throwing that out there. So the point is. Don't be like looking for benevolence, like, man, why doesn't somebody help me out, right? If you're hurting yourself. Does that make sense? Because, you know, it's really hard to... So, just a, a, a quick example. So, we do have benevolence requests that come in through the church, right? People asking for, you know, help. Like, hey, we're behind on something or, or whatnot. And, you know, they come in, they go to the pastoral team, we review them. And, you know, there's we, we have a policy on how all that works out, right? There's a set amount, so we don't go over, so we're not, you know, partial or anything like that. But anyway, it'd be really hard for somebody to be like, man, can you help me pay my rent, right? And then, like, well, I just saw you and your family out to dinner, Right? You know, and we weren't just, you know, we weren't just, we was at Red Lobster, right? Or, or, or wherever, right? We, we were high rolling. You know, we were up at Capitol Grill. <laughs> you know, something's not right here. You know, the, the point is, if you're begging for help here, but you're not doing anything to help yourself over here, right? Does that make sense? I'm not trying to, like, get too personal, but, like, there's a reason that we do things the way we do them. So... And then it goes on in verse 13 and we'll be done because uh, we're out of time. So uh, just to go to verse 13, he says, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Somebody tell me what that means because if you don't know what that means, man, we're struggling. Struggle bus. What? It's what we're doing now for Yeah, like that's a really good example of it, right? Given to hospitality is just simply willing to whatever i got is yours right so when we say hey we're going to have a team of people come down from monmouth uh, and they're looking for a place to stay right because you know i don't know how to say this without like i don't know i'll just say it because it's past point and i say things so uh it would be like these these guys coming down they're going to minister they're taking time off work probably taking vacation time right away from their families some of them to come down here and, and watch our kids for five days in a row four days in a row four days in a row Right, and then be like, "Yeah, we ain't got nowhere for y'all to stay. So if you could get a room, that'd be good, right? You know, so not only are you not working, but you know, a few hundred bucks in hotel room on top of that. Like, if it is in our hand to do good, then who are we to withhold it? That's what the Bible says, right? So 
I understand some of you are like, I ain't got a bedroom for nobody to sleep in. I get it. But some of y'all are like, you got a spare bedroom laying around, and it's just like, and I understand there's different circumstances. The, the fact of being given to hospitality, it means a lot of different things, but it'd be like, just opening up your home. Right? And I'm not saying like, hey, pick up the guy who's hitchhiking and be like, hey, you need somewhere to stay? Like, don't be stupid, right? Don't be dumb, but like, you need to be given to hospitality. Somebody who's given to hospitality is always willing to have people in their home. Not all, not always from a different church, but like, um, and I'm not just, what? Your neighbors. Your neighbor, anybody, right? Your disciples. You know, I, I know people who do discipleship and like, they're like, I don't really want to have somebody in my home. Let's go meet somewhere. Well, I mean, that's just odd. Like, that's just foreign to me because the way, I mean, discipleship happens at our kitchen table, you know, and I just, I love it because I love to have people in our home just to hang out and talk life and, like, that is given to hospitality. Man, my wife will not let somebody come over and not feed them, right? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're you're there for, like, an hour or the day. Like, it it just depends on how many times she's going to feed you. It's not like if she's going to feed you. It's like how many times is she going to feed you. That's just how she is, right? That's one of the ways that my wife loves people, right? Like, that's why I'm on a diet. Because, like, every time I'm around her, she's like, you need something to eat? I'm like, no, we just ate, right? Like, that's given the hospitality. You're like, well, I don't have uh, a room for somebody. You know what? You've got a dining room table, don't you? You got some food in the pantry, don't you? Invite somebody over. Minister to them. Be given to hospitality. That's what that means. Hospitality is entertaining strangers. Let's just stop there. (laughs) There's a whole lot more I want to say about this. I could go on with this for 20 minutes. But you need to be willing to be given to hospitality. Right? Open up what you have to somebody else, right? Because at the end of the day, if you remember what I said last Sunday morning, and I'll stick with it, um, it's not yours anyway. Too many people are like, man, I just don't have it to give. And like, yeah, you do. And you need to understand that it wasn't yours anyway, right? Everything that you have, everything that you have, the house you live in, the car you drive, like the job that you got, everything that you have, you're like, I worked hard for that, is all given to you of the Lord. And don't think that in a second... It couldn't be taken away. In a second, it couldn't be taken away. So, man, you need to be willing to say, it ain't mine anyway. Yeah, you can have it, right? I'll get another one. That's how that rolls out. All right, so let's pray. We'll get out of here. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something, but anyway, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, your word, Lord. And uh, I do uh, thank you for portions of Scripture like this where, like, there's a ton to say. And there's, you know, it's it's just, there's so much meaning to what you're uh, say it in your word and what Paul is trying to, to allow us to, uh, to, to do here. And so I do pray that um, we would take these things to heart. We really would you know, evaluate where we're at uh, and, and make adjustments, Lord. That, you know, if we're struggling to be where we need to be uh, with our fervency, Lord, that we would get in the book and, and find some fervency, right? And so, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just get the honor and the glory from our lives. I pray you just bless uh, the word as Brian preaches this morning. Um, Lord, I do pray again that you bless the baby dedication. That and this isn't just something we do, Lord. It's something we take seriously. And so, uh, God, I do. I just thank you for the Pass Point class. It's uh, really good uh, just to be around family. And so, uh, I, I do uh, I thank you for these people in our lives. I pray you send us out this week as lights in a dark world that you get the glory from our lives in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll see you next week.